Hello and welcome to Threadback, the Foundling Podcast. I'm your host G.K. Rao and in this edition we will be looking at Khalistan, an issue that has got new life after the recent incidents in Canada. But first, how do you alter a settled reality, at least a thing most people consider settled? There are ways obviously, as the American writer Tom Wolfe chronicles in the Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. Attempts to transcend mundane reality through the use of LST by a group called the Merry Pranksters. The users obviously had great fun, but we don't know if the transcendence was permanent. So how much harder is it without drugs to shift realities to your vision? In other words, to have a pipe dream without a pipe. In the course of the last year, since September 22, Six for Justice, a Canada-based organization, has held several referendums on whether expatriate Sikhs wanted independent state of Khalistan in India. Many of these Sikhs were not born in India, but they are passionate about Khalistan. They believe it is unfinished business from the Punjab insurgency of the 1970s to 90s. So on September 18, 2022, the city of Brampton near Toronto in Canada's Ontario province welcomed Sikhs across the country to cast their vote for Khalistan. In September this year, a second referendum was held in Surrey, British Columbia and a third on October 29. All told, it is claimed that over 2 lakh people voted in the combined exercise. The dream of Khalistan got new life after the murder of Khalistan activist and a wanted terrorist in India, Hardeep Singh Nijjar. He was gunned down in Surrey, Canada on May 18, 2023. Nijjar had been one of the moving spirits behind the referendum. The Indian government regarded him as a terrorist who was involved in operationalizing, networking, training and financing Khalistan Tiger Force members. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has accused India of being responsible for the murder on the basis of credible allegations and intelligence tip-off. Here's Trudeau making his announcement in Parliament. Over the past number of weeks, Canadian security agencies have been actively pursuing credible allegations of a potential link between agents of the government of India and the killing of a Canadian citizen, Hardeep Singh Nijjar. Any involvement of a foreign government in the killing of a Canadian citizen on Canadian soil is an unacceptable violation of our sovereignty. Here's what India's foreign ministry had to say on the subject. Yeah, look, uh, if there is any country, if you're talking about reputational uh, issues and reputational damage, if there's one, any country that uh, needs to look at this, I think it is Canada and its growing reputation as a place uh, as a safe haven for terrorists, for extremists and for organized crime. And I think that's a country that needs to worry about its uh, international reputation. So the death of an obscure activist suddenly became front page stuff. It may also have led to a greater turnout for the referendum. Now, and it's important that we remember this, the state they were voting for will be in a country separated by two oceans 
and nearly to 12,000 kilometers away. The country they have in mind is a composite of Punjab, Himachal Pradesh, Haryana, parts of Rajasthan in two blocks, three western districts bordering Pakistan and two eastern districts, parts of Uttar Pradesh and Uttarakhand. The total electorate in this patchwork would probably be around 60 million. Six would be a minority in this number. So you probably have to be on the Kool-Aid to believe you can swing it from Canada. Or maybe there's something else going on. The story of Khalistan predates the emergency. It begins strangely enough in New York in 1971 when an advertisement is placed in the New York Times of October 13, proclaiming its independence. The man responsible was Dr. Jagjit Singh Chauhan, politician and former finance minister of Punjab. He later published a map of the new country, created a flag, issued currency, dollars naturally, and stamps as well. So you might say it was a country that existed in all but fact. It proved hugely profitable for the doctor who is said to have raised millions of dollars for his crusade. He also facilitated the migration of hundreds, if not thousands of Sikhs from Punjab to the US, UK and especially Canada. His activities also brought to the fore for the first time the dream of a specifically Sikh state as something different from the Punjabi Suba or province of the Akali Tal of Sant Fateh Singh. It was also the doctor who made the first contacts with Pakistan's inter-services intelligence, whose activities during the Punjab insurgency complicated the Indian government's task. The map of Khalistan that Chauhan published goes back a bit further in time to the last days of the 18th century, 1799 to be exact, when 19-year-old Ranjit Singh began to unite the Sikh missiles. These were sovereign states that formed the Sikh confederacy which wielded power across eastern Punjab. Two years later, in 1801, he proclaimed himself Maharaja of Punjab and absorbed the missiles. In the next 40 years, he built an empire by conquest that included all of today's Punjab and northwestern provinces in Pakistan, as well as large parts of present days Afghanistan. He also conquered Kashmir and the small kingdoms that make up today's Pakistan-occupied Kashmir, as well as the Dogra country of Jammu and modern Himachal Pradesh. That was the original map and a large territory. But SFJ's Khalistan is more modest. It does not have any part of Pakistan, Afghanistan or Kashmir, but the rest is the same. This may be a coincidence, but maybe they don't want to take on three countries at once. They are comfortable with India, though it has the smaller part of the old Sikh empire. Of course, it is also possible that they have an unspoken arrangement with ISI. We've come a long way from Brampton and Surrey, Canada, but now we have established an emotional connection, if not a common sense one, with expatriates Sikhs and Khalistan. It might have just remained one of those vague, if desirable ideas, if not for the insurgency. That was the trigger and 
It inflamed passions among the expatriates who greatly desired to join their brothers in Punjab. A reverse, a reverse migration en masse was out of the question. But money and other assistance was not. Then there was the other kind, putting the fear of terror in the heart of Punjab's enemies. That led to the Kanishka bombing. On June 23, 1985, Air India Flight 182 flew out of Toronto en route to Narita Airport, Japan. As it neared London, the Boeing 747, named Kanishka, vanished from radar screens. It blew up somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean, killing all 329 people aboard. This is the worst act of terror perpetrated from Canadian soil and the worst single act of terror in the Punjab insurgency. It should have shaken up the Canadian justice system, but nearly 20 years later, one individual, Inderjit Singh Rayat, was found guilty of manslaughter. Two others, Ripudaman Singh Malik and Ajayab Singh Bardi, were acquitted. It took two decades and 130 million Canadian dollars to achieve even that. It was an abject excuse for justice. It's strange but true that successive Canadian governments have shown Khalistan advocates and agitators a degree of indulgence afforded to few others, even their own indigenous nations people. Incumbent Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is entirely dependent for survival on the new Democratic Party led by Jagmeet Singh, a Khalistan advocate who hobnobs with its extreme fringe as well. The Sikh vote in Canada is highly consolidated and the community among the wealthiest of its minorities. Both are qualities coveted by a politician who depends on small margins for victory. So while Trudeau's soft peddling on Indian concerns about pro-Khalistan advocacy by Canadian Sikhs is understandable, he seems blind to the dangers of hardline activism to Canada of the SFJ kind. For instance, if the referendum results support the creation of an independent Khalistan. What might happen next? Will it be more tough talk, more acts of communal hate like the ones in Brampton during the anniversary of Operation Blue Star earlier this year? The journey from here to real violence doesn't take much doing. The divisions could even lead to a spiral of violence between Sikhs and Hindus in Canada. The consequences could be devastating. Lest we forget, the official toll of the Punjab insurgency from 1979 to 93 is 23,122. The real numbers are probably greater. Now let us suppose Khalistan becomes a reality. What happens then? How do Sikhs, a minority in the new state, hope to capture power democratically? Secondly, even if they win the first time, they could lose the next time. And the winners might change the system to suit their ends. So where does it go? Especially the Khalsa imperative that signals a drive to theocratic systems. They are bound to be received coldly by the majority in the land of dreams. More importantly, do they really think India or Pakistan will sit twiddling their thumbs while the new state gets its act together? Maybe they haven't woken up to this reality, but once they do, they'll find it similar to drinking Kool-Aid. <laughs>